It is the 200 level, episode 291. Mike Carpenter in the basement studio with Trevor Valise. It's Tuesdays with Trevor. A little <laughs> bit of alliteration. That's how we do it here. We had Wednesdays with Warner, Tuesdays with Trevor. And I wanted to knock out the sponsors real quick so uh, Trevor and I can get right to it. Got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So go online and order a custom zone with any topping you want or one of their favorites at dpdoe.com. Also, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. It is furnace check season. Get 10% off your furnace check by giving them a call today at 217-841-4728. We did this ourselves, got the furnace checked, and scheduled our AC check. Thanks to Matthew, the technician from Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. 217-841-4728. Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com. For uh, any home exterior project you may have in mind, yes, we are approaching the winter months, but these guys basically work 12 months a year. Great customer service, expert craftsmanship, and they're townies like myself, so they give back to the community quite a bit, which I appreciate. That's rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. Com. So thanks to the sponsors, Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network, and the viewers and listeners. So as you all trickle in on an early Tuesday evening, Trevor Valise, welcome back to the digs. Good to be here. It is good I to have you. I love alliteration. I love brianismyguy.com as a domain name. That's your favorite. So we're off to a hot start. Yes, we are. Uh, speaking of hot starts. There you go. So you teed me up right Brilliant there. Brilliant professional segue. Oh, I'm going to do what I'm going to do Lon's impression of Jack Buck. <laughs> Alani football go. <laughs> this is insane. It and is. We have rarely had the opportunity to revel in Alani football success. Basketball, yes, we've been spoiled, at least in the last three years. But this is different, Trevor, because not only are we getting kind of an unexpectedly successful season, it has honestly kind of flipped the switch for me from hesitant yet you know cautiously optimistic fan to, oh, we got this. Yep. And it's that sort of 180 that... I'm not even really processing anymore. That's just the reality that I'm living in as an Illini football fan. It's really weird to have that mindset shift. It sort of feels like, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, but it it feels like a very, it's easy, I guess, but the Underwood comp to me, it feels very similar in that slowly but surely. Now, granted, it even took Underwood a bit longer, ironically. Usually they say football takes more time to sort of get right than basketball. Which makes this all the more unexpected. Right, right. But it, it's it's that Underwood-like calm that has come over me where you're like, yeah, I think we got this. And even if we don't, we're going to lose, you know, because of a bad call and, and some guy on Maryland's going to knock down a three, but, you know, we'll bounce back the next game. Did you ever believe, and I don't know about believe, but maybe in your gut have believe. this... <laughs> belief, have the sense that Alani football, I don't want to say cursed or hexed or doomed, but uh, it certainly seemed like nothing ever went their way. So eventually, even if you are not at all a superstitious person like myself. I'm not anymore, at least. It was difficult to imagine that this would actually work. So have you had to, I mean, kind of talk about your process really within the last month of reconciling these sorts of things where what you used to think would go wrong is no longer going wrong. Right, which again, sort of lends back to the whole Underwood had this revenge tour where you hadn't won at Wisconsin in a decade. You hadn't beaten, I forget what all the different uh, options were for basketball, but a similar thing basically where, you know, I wouldn't frame it as superstition either. I'm not one of those guys that wears a certain pair of socks when the team wins or something like that. But there was that sense of like, well, I just know how this is going to end. Even if it's close, we know how this is going to end. Last month, we knew how that was going to end against Indiana. It, it had I mean, the same It's not feeling. like this was two years ago and now we're slowly working out of it. We just had one of those not two months ago against Indiana where you know, you were winning the entire game. If you get one of those two, or they fourth down and goals from the one, basically, yes. during that game, or red zone conversions, you win that game, and you don't. So why would I have any belief that against a Virginia team that put up 600 yards against you last year, why, why would I assume you're just going to come and blow them out? Well, you did. And again, back to an Underwood comp, and then I'll shut up about this dead horse that I'm beating. Whenever you had a puzzling loss under Underwood, what happened the next game? Think about Michigan State this year, this past year, after the Maryland loss without Kofi. He said, I promise you that's not going to happen. And you're like, well, without Kofi against the Michigan State team that has good bigs, I mean, okay, I guess I'll take your word for it. And they won. Same thing against the Virginia team that absolutely 
blasted you last year. Bielema comes out and basically says, this, this isn't happening next week. Trust me. Come to Memorial Stadium. We're going to be reengaged. And you can, again, the cynicism comes in there, right? It did for me. Where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to go. I had other things going on too, but that Indiana performance did not inspire any confidence in me wanting to go. And they come out and they blast them. Yeah. And it's that sort of thing to the point of retraining your mind where it's like, oh, maybe I should just believe what this guy's saying because he seems like he really knows what the heck he's doing. <laughs> that Indiana game was big for me. I, I was so livid that game. And yeah. it's it's funny too, you know, this breeds success in so many other areas that what they're doing on the field, I look at the lowest listened to podcast in the last 18 months. It's after the Indiana game. No one wants to relive that crap. I think especially for Illini football, because it yes. did feel not like a, oh, that was a rough loss and some bad breaks. And you created a lot of your own bad breaks, but you did have a touchdown called back. So it was a mix of external and internal factors that led to that loss. But it felt bigger than that. And that's what I hated because I've been trying to train myself out of this idea that there's any sort of force against Illini football other than their coaches haven't been good enough. They haven't had enough good players, et cetera, et cetera. This is what's exciting to me, Trevor, is we always talked about you know, all you need is the seven or eight one-year coach, and I think Bielma can 100% do that, especially what we're seeing now. Uh, but that everything was explainable. You know, th- yes, there, there is yes. not some sort of, a, oh, Illinois football can't do it, because growing up, it was always frustrating. I just thought, why? And you're seeing in year two, this is just exponential growth, no rebuild. It's just arrival. And no fluke. And no fluke. And, and that's what I wanted to bring up next. It's one thing if they were six and one, with a few bounces, and there was you felt like you were riding this magical wave. I go back to the Sugar Bowl year, and there were games like at Purdue where Kittner threw four interceptions in the first half. But if you look at the box score, you still dominated that game. And other than the Michigan loss that year, that's what they did. They tended to dominate the opposition. That's what we're seeing this year, which makes me liken this team more to the Sugar Bowl than the Rose Bowl year, sure. where there wasn't anything fluky about that based on the talent. But 9-3 and three seems about right because they were still messy in certain respects. There's no messiness to this team. And you backed into that Rose Bowl. If I were, Now, you I, was, did. I was 10, so you and can correct me if I'm wrong. Thank you, Jim Delaney. That's why you backed into <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yep. And, and that year was known as, I mean, they wrote a book about that year, right? Kansas was number one. They lost. Basically, every team that was ranked one at some point during that year lost. And the BCS was a mess. Yeah. So again, you don't want to necessarily throw an asterisk next to it because they got there. But there is a bit of an asterisk next to nine and three. It took six other crazy things happening. Michigan lost to Appalachian State that year. The, the first week of the right. year, I was down at the first Illinois, the Illinois Missouri reboot in St. Louis as we saw that score flash, and I thought, oh, we're we're going to beat Michigan this year. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> Nothing about this is fluky, and that's where it comes down to retraining my brain. I have to in in the span of a month, I've literally gone from same old, same old to the complete one eighty of that. Like the complete 180. Nothing about this is fluky. What was the last it's moment? It's almost of, scary it how is. little of this is fluky. What was the last same old, same old moment you had? I'll, I'll tell you mine. Okay. It was when Wisconsin scored fairly easily on their opening drive. That's good. That was I, my I'd last same old, same, same old moment. And then fairly quickly, I think you immediately responded, made it seven up, seven all or seven three. You got an interception, I think. So uh, that yeah. was the last time this season. And then here's the thing. Actually, I guess I might say if Art's fumble there was... There we go. That's the other one. <laughs> that, Art's that, fumble that wasn't. Because that game was branded as this is the big game, right? Pack the stadium, whatever. This is this is a chance to really stamp your mark. If that had happened, and that would have been less the fault of the team. You know, Tommy gets hurt, whatever. You know, Art's arm is down or not down. Like I, You can't point at that and say, like, specifically, I blame Illinois football for that because yeah, it's right. sort of random. But that would have been the... Come on. You look to the skies and just go, are you, are you kidding me right now? It felt like that in the stadium. And you, you were not able to I be at the stadium for that. No. Okay, so I, I will say that the atmosphere, because we'll talk about Saturday in a bit, was very different from the Iowa game, where there was still a nervous energy that was kind of percolating through that stadium. And this sense that, God, we we have to get over this hump. Mm-hmm. It sucked when DeVito went down, and yet everyone stayed very well invested in it, knowing you just get one more score, you just get one more score. And they got the one more score they needed. The interception at the one. Oh, 
I, that would probably be my last moment of oh my. But God. you know what? You know what? It, it took me, and this was me probably rationalizing it. I think when Iowa got to second down and they're still pinned back deep, I thought, you know, really, this is like a good punt. <laughs> <laughs> First and goal from your own. First two, and goal for the two. And you're it's rationalizing why it's a good punt. <laughs> but the, winning that game, the difference between that Saturday night and then last Saturday afternoon. After Iowa, there was still a pinch me, there was still a catharsis, and I was spent the next day because it felt like you had to put every bit of positive juju on that team that night, and they needed it with three turnovers and everything else that went wrong. Even the kicker was not your starting kicker. No. The guy who scored the only points in the game for you wasn't even the kicker who was supposed to be. Seven (laughs) Seven for seven in the last two weeks, and they aren't pretty necessarily, but I'm starting to think when Caleb Griffin comes back, Pintone is or Pin, Pinton. Yeah, I wanted yeah. it to be Pintone. I mean, so it'd be badly. a little cooler if it was Pintone. Yeah, but well, I'll just call him Fabrizio. And I liked it. I think uh, Jeremy called him Easy Breezy, which like Joey that. scolded him a little bit. Uh, but Easy Breezy is, I think, your 35 and in kicker. And then if you need to go distance, yeah. then you can try with Caleb. But it, it reminds me, if I don't know if you recall this, you would have been a wee lad like five in 02 when it was Pete Christophilakis. No idea who was that the, is. Yeah, he was the accurate short kicker. John Gockman got the 45 and okay. above. I enter on Derek Demke. That's my Derek Demke, my who kicking was a great kicker, but unfortunately that miss at Penn State looms large. Yep. But what would you have done? Save Zook's job? We don't want that. Carried off Joe Paterno. That's right. His last win. Good stuff. The last game he coached. So it the turns I- out he had zero wins, by the way. That's right, yeah. So the... <laughs> so the the Iowa game, there was this exhaustion afterwards, sure. emotionally exhausted and spent. And then that's why the Minnesota game, I spent all week trying to talk myself into, hey, you know, don't, why are you so high on this team if even if Art starts? And I still was. I, I know you the were way. You higher than me because yeah. we're texting and I'm like, I don't know. They're as spent as we are. I don't know if we have our starting quarterback. I don't know if we have our wide receiver one. Yep. I, I just felt like that was the week where the regression falls back to the mean a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I expected Minnesota to win 40 to nothing, but Sands, your starting quarterback and your best other player, I could foresee a situation where Minnesota off a bye just has the, the contextual edge, if you will, in that game. And let's say, let's take the injuries out of it, and let's say that we would have known, even after the Iowa game, everyone's playing next week. While we would have been more optimistic, I think there would have been something to say, you know I love the hangover narrative. Yes. That can be for wins or losses. <laughs> yep. That was a big emotional win for Illinois. And which team comes out with the edge on Saturday? Illinois. And this is what's encouraging to me, Trevor, is that they're, mentally speaking, Minnesota needed that game more than Illinois. They needed it to stay pace. Absolutely. They're out of it now. They're done. They're done. And uh, it's kind of interesting because Tanner Morgan, the stats against any team not named Illinois are decent. I don't think Gopher fans like him very much. I think they're kind of... I mean, he was in the emergency room and you had people tweeting, we got to start the other guy. (laughs) So I'm going to guess by that measure that they don't love that guy. So they should have been the team that came out as the aggressor. We should have had maybe a sleepy first quarter, just kind of getting back into it. No, instead, we're the team that outgains them 472 to 180. That's crazy. It's nuts. You almost tripled their output. (laughs) Minnesota's decent. That's what's mind-blowing to me, just that whole aspect of it. Like I I can't get over the fact that in three consecutive weeks, you out-Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Heck, you you were just better. You didn't even play Wisconsin's game. You just whooped them. You out-Iowa to Iowa for sure. And then you just whooped Minnesota. Now, I know that game was close, but take out the 92. I'm, I know I'm pulling the Beckman. Take out the 92-yard kickoff return. They score once in that game. And you probably should have scored two touchdowns when you ended up with two field goals. I mean, that game realistically should have been 35-7, not, oh, tw- not yeah. 26-14. It's sort of like last year when Wisconsin won, I think, 24 to nothing. Yes. Or 24 to 3. I think it was a shutout, actually. It was 24 nothing. And we all knew that was essentially like the 63 nothing Iowa drubbing. Same thing. It felt the same. It looked the same. Yes. So that's why Saturday was, you know, I'd say surreal. It all felt right. But the surreal part of it was it was the easiest three hour stretch of college football watching I've had. I mean, it wasn't all that different than the Wyoming game. Certainly more at stake. Yeah. yeah. But just one of those yeah. where. You know, I'm watching, you know, before each play, everyone around me is just sort of saying, oh, yeah, I bet Tommy DeVito could do that. Like, you're, you're playing armchair play caller as opposed to games like Iowa where you're so freaking nervous. Right. There's they, no angst or nerve. No. Yeah. And, and I think, actually, when I think about which crowd was better, I have a theory that the Iowa game, the crowd was really good for what they were. And it was a night game, probably good and liquored up, all that stuff. However, that nervous energy 
you could sense it at certain points in the game where even I, it's like I can't cheer right now. Sure, you have nervous. to detract a tiny bit. Yeah. And then the Minnesota game, every third down on defense, everyone's just like, yeah, here, it's just, you look around, it's a party. Yep. It's a party. Yep. And I have not felt that way at that stadium since 07. There's your backup kicker nailing field goals, the whole crowd's yelling, Fabrizio! Yeah. Like, everybody's just hanging out and having fun. Even to the point where Minnesota starts the third quarter. I still don't know how we do this, but there has to be a better way to let people know the third quarter has started because everybody just sort of roams. It's always and then you like hear that. A whis- you hear a whistle, and Gene Honda's voice comes over and says, Minnesota returns to kick 92 yards. I'm wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but even in that moment, now, gar- granted, I was distracted getting back to my seat, so maybe that's why I did not feel that way. But even in that moment, I was not like, oh, crap, here we go. Because you respond right away. I was... Maybe a little, ah, no, that's the one thing you can't have. But I said, well, just respond. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They respond. go right down and they get a touchdown. Again, the most <laughs> un-Illinois thing ever. Exactly. In that moment, to then piece together a drive that consistently productive. It's a really exciting brand of football to watch because defensively, you're so violent. I mean, there was a Devin Witherspoon hit where he pile drove the guy three yards back. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty, it gets the bloodlust going. And I don't want to turn should. too meatball football right? It's okay. But like. As a guy, you're like, yeah, yes. just, 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 just freaking decapitate that dude. <laughs> oh, know? I know. Have you ever seen Not Another Teen Movie? No. There's a great scene in it where this, I think he's like a special needs kid, and they throw him one touchdown, and then two opposing defenders come, and they just completely decapitate him <laughs> at the waist. And for some reason, like uh, the Iowa game especially, the bloodlust was going for that. And I, I was standing up, I was like, run it down their throats. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? But that's football. Yeah. And the, the other part of that Minnesota game, continually converting on third and fourth down. Yes. Every big play that you had to make to extend drives, because the beauty of that game was not just in yards gained or how much you scored. It was the fact that you had the ball for 40 freaking minutes. And and you could sense that. as you know, I kept looking at the South video board where they have the stats mm-hmm. listed. And they updated, I think, every new set of downs or at the end of each drive. It's maybe. not every play. Not every play. Yeah. And... You know, after certain drives being like, oh, they're going to add another six minutes here. And this is a beautiful thing. And and just this sort of, uh, I don't know, slap happy smile I had on my face. And then eventually what it turned into was, wow, they made another one to, oh, I expect Tommy to make another throw. Yep. Or I expect Chase Brown to convert on a third and nine because why not? This Illinois team demoralizes you. And I think that's so freaking awesome. How many times have we been on the... Exactly. Uh, especially on third and longs. That used to be the down I dreaded the most on defense. E- even the first quarter when PJ calls two timeouts to try and gain the advantage with the wind, and you just you nail the kick anyways. And at that, even that moment, it's like, like yeah, take that. Checkmate. You know, you know what I mean? And it just several moments like that. Again, what's the most un-Illinois thing based on the past five years of watching Brandon Peters and whoever the hell else under that Lovey Smith offense? Third and seven. Third and five, fourth and three. Those three yard were, out. Those were <laughs> those downs were cursed. Yeah, they were. I mean, I couldn't. T- I could probably count on one hand the number of times a third and seven was converted in the last two years by Brandon Peters. Now, granted, some of these wideouts seem to be better. They're pretty good. But I mean, now you're like, yeah, throw it to Hightower on third and seven. He's going to make the catch. Yeah, throw it to Pat Bryan on fourth and five. He's going to uh, even Tommy threw it behind him a little bit on that fourth down, and he adjusts and makes a catch. There are highlight reel catches from Hightower in the Indiana and in the Iowa. He had to come back for one, I think. Yep. Or, yeah, and then in the game last week, the over-the-shoulder catch. It was a perfect throw, but still a very difficult catch. Jonah Morris makes a big catch against Iowa. Oh, that was beautiful. I don't even know. I, I barely know the guy. I know. But great catch. Yeah, Casey Washington's an afterthought, and I thought he was probably still going to have to be the second or third guy. So Brian Hightower didn't play last year. No. And Jeremy, among many other people, said, like, is this guy alive? What's going on with him? Is he hurt? We didn't hear anything about him. Boy, Tony now, Peterson was bad. Now, now he's your your down mover, your chain mover. When I was making the prediction before the year, I said seven and five based on two things: the schedule mostly. Yep. I thought, okay, you got some breaks, and yeah, there's Michigan, and I actually had Wisconsin as one of the. You aren't winning those, so you know that 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 actually That's helps. Fair, the I mean. But yeah, I mean, just based on history and the fact that even though I never bought Paul Christ all that much, it was still Wisconsin, but. It was the schedule, and then it was also the Tony Peterson slash Brandon Peters effect. Now, what I did not anticipate was that we would have a quarterback season, which it's not the best since Shieldhouse. It's not the best since Juice. This is Kurt Kittner, okay? I know that people are using the Shieldhouse comparison. Shieldhouse was not this good at any point in his career. I At least I don't recall. It may be unfair because in 2013, the offense is really good, but I'm the team kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, that year comes to mind. 
But then anytime, and it's unfair to him, right? Anytime I think it of is. a Shieldhouse team a, or offense, I either think of the 6-0 and to 6-6 six and six collapse yep. or a team that, hey, look, you put up 40 against Ohio State, great. They scored 80 in that game. You exactly. Know? I mean, they didn't, but it felt like 80. I think it was, what, 63-48 like, like to 48 or to 48. <laughs> and, the, and the takeaway from that game was, man, Illinois kind of hung with Ohio State yeah, for three quarters. still lost like, by three scores. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at this, and I, it's just comparisons, and we can only do so many because there's been so little success for Illinois football, but... Tommy DeVito, I remember when they signed him, we were texting you, me, and Isaac. We're like, okay, sure. It's a mix, I think, of, okay, serendipity. I think there is some serendipity here. But there has to be an evaluative process here, which the fact that I think it was still Tony Peterson that helped go get him. (laughs) So thank you, Tony. But Brett Bielema saying, yeah, this is the guy we can actually give the ball to. And it's working out beautifully. What it gives me faith in between DeVito, other acquisitions like Zy Chrysler, Isaiah Adams on the offensive line, and the list can go on. We have not had a top recruiting class under Bielema, and yet I have very little doubt that when it comes down to it, he'll get what he needs yes. to not next year, let's say, go four and eight because you lose some talent. Between what he's doing, what he's shown to be able to do, and the portal, there really shouldn't be a reason why you'd only bring in 10 underwhelming two stars and go four and eight. I mean, there really shouldn't be. You need to capitalize on this momentum. Now, obviously, I'm still having fun living in the momentum oh, right yeah. now before I'm worried about off-season capitalization of said momentum. But I don't have a concern about that. Again, sorry, going back to it again, Underwood, same thing, right? Now, Beal- we lost Z.C. Clark. What are we going to do? Oh, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it's who cares? fine. It's, we don't it's even know if his brother's good yet. Let's see if he's good before we're worried about losing the little brother of the right. guy who's supposed to be good. 16-year-old. Um, so it, it, it's that sort of calm that maybe I'm not 100% of the way there yet, but I'm getting there with Bielema where you know, hey, he saw one problem with his staff. He immediately fixed it, and it looks great. Credit to Josh Whitman, too, for ending up. Yep. And which also gives me faith that if it comes down to it and Bielma is really, really successful, and he's on the path of that, yes, he will get interest from other places. But I was talking to my dad at the game on Saturday, and between Underwood and Bielma, and then Whitman himself saying the right things, it really does feel like Illinois is in this nice little pocket here yep. where they've adopted the NIL thing very quickly. We've always known we've had a huge donor base, but there wasn't always reasons for them to donate. Well, now that they know the money can go directly to recruits, essentially, sure. like we can sell them, hey, Kofi made this much based on NIL, so this is what you can make. To me, I'm even thinking, how can I donate? How can I help to make sure that this thing keeps rolling? Because it does feel like you have the advantage, not just in the Big Ten West for football, but we could even go to basketball and find me another basketball program you trade places with right now. It's not Michigan. For some weird reason, that's kind of stagnated. Well, they they they, they will have nothing to do with NIL. And I don't know why. I don't get it. Hunter, you know what it is? No, Dickinson's I, tweeted about it. He hates it. I know what involved. it is. It, it's it's Michigan. This is where arrogance is creeping. The Michigan in. way or and whatever we, it is. Yeah. Michigan men. It, it it is the whole uh, you know wanna be Ivy League school thing. There is this veneer of we are the classiest institution in the Big Ten. They look down on Ohio State for some reasons because it is in Ohio and that kind of sucks. But <laughs> but while Michigan, there, I get it. When I'm up there, I get that sense. And I'm, I'm thinking if I was a Michigan fan, that'd be kind of cool. But they are not taking advantage of this opportunity. I think Harbaugh can withstand it. Sure. I don't know if, if Howard in this climate, I mean, we've talked often about his coaching acumen or lack thereof. Of, of which there isn't much. But who would you trade places? I mean, I think Chris Holtman's going to find a good niche. I don't think Matt Painter is. I mean, they again, another team that both Michigan State and Purdue have not embraced the portal at all. I mean, Purdue lost their starting point guard who would have been a fifth-year senior. Not that I'm arguing Eric Hunter with some absolute monster. But who do they have now? Alfonso Plummer made him look great for a half, but that's besides that's a whole the point. other story. He transfers to Butler. I mean, what is that? How, how can you be Purdue... Have, a, have have no point guard now, basically. I mean, you're going to have yep. to rely on a freshman or you're going to have to play basically positionless when you had a fifth-year senior who would have been your point guard and he goes to Butler. Ten miles down the road and you can't get him to stick. And Michigan State, Tom Izzo doesn't they're, want to do it. Their starting center is Matty Sissoko, the guy who knocked yeah. out Isle, yeah. who played two minutes a game and his sole purpose was to beat somebody up. Yeah. Some weird 90s Pistons bench guy. And I know this isn't a basketball podcast because and that's just funny. Anytime basketball comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're starting in a few right. weeks. Who cares? Right. Isn't that weird? It's very weird. That's not at all the position I'm used to. But all that to say that, you know, this window of opportunity, we got the guys at the helm that are seemingly taking advantage of it. And Juan and I often talk back in the day, and I'm glad that we don't really have to have this discussion anymore with NIL. 
But the hypothetical was if Illinois cheated to get a national championship, would you do it? And I and Lon and I always said, Hell yes. Yeah. What if they took the banners away? I don't care because the memory's there. Yes. You think Michigan fans, just because there's not a Fab Five banner, are like, ah, I don't want to think about the Fab Five. They love the Fab Five. No. So now we don't even have to be put in that position. The vacation of wins. Vacation? Vacating? Vacation. Vacation sounds yeah. like a bit. Vacating. The vacation. vacating of wins is the most ridiculously pointless. I mean, other, than, teach other than scrubbing the Wikipedia page before someone else gets in there to edit it back. Like, yeah. what are you really doing? No, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> so it's nice to now be in this opportunity where, you know, like I mentioned, the fan base we know is crazy in a good way. And, and they are loaded. I mean, we have a plenty of rich alumni that want to spend money on this team. And what I'm excited about is next season or the buildup to it. This is where the marketing and ticketing office, yes, they yes. need to make hay because you need to get another 10,000 season tickets in there. I think you can. I think Bielma also kind of has that folksy Midwestern coachy thing going on. And he's willing to play that game he too, is. right? He is. Now, like his first year, he called people on the phone. Now, I'm sure it was like a recording of his voice. Yeah, but whatever. still, it's... it's. But I don't think that he would then stop doing that if this team went 11-1 and and made the Orange Bowl or something. Like, I still think he'd be the guy next which year they might. who'd be willing to go to the union and just stand there for an hour and say, come get your tickets. Yeah, right. Which is great, because on top of embracing NIL and all that, he is so the right guy for that and so the antithesis of Lovey, which obviously you probably understand Whitman was going for a bit of an opposites thing there. Maybe... Maybe a concern early on was he went too far in the other direction to like you know the beer loving buddy Brett Bielema type guy, mm-hmm. but he, beer, Brett is I almost called him Beer Bielema. <laughs> Brett Bielema <laughs> is so good at that stuff and gets that that I think that's been a help as well as having nil and all that. I was not in the stadium when he took the microphone. Neither was I. I didn't and, realize that it happened. And no, so it was when we were out there and uh, someone that listened to the show popped by and they said, "Did you hear Bielema?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" And just things like that. Yes. Uh, I know that was somewhat impromptu, and uh, it, it matters. It, it does matter. I'm noticing, Trevor, that for me, watching this Illini football team and having an absence of Illini football success most of my life, you know, we could have asked the question, and it may come come to fruition four or five years from now. Oh, they're six and six. Damn it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all frustrated. The question being, would you ever get sick of this? No. Or, or would it ever not have the same glow? I don't think so. Because if you look back to how we felt the last few years of Illini basketball, when they started winning in January 2020, and then they just kept winning, uh, that never gets old. The no. frustrations are still there, but, sure. but it's not like a big win all of a sudden is like, ah, I've been there, done that. Because after they beat Iowa at home last year, I was as happy as I've been for any other Illini basketball win, mostly. Yep. So this right here is kind of a... You know, if we ever ask the question, could Illini football bring us the same sort of joy for, you know, supposed basketball school? I think the answer is yes, because I got to be honest, my fall, I'm having the best fall ever. Or can Illinois football be the Michigan State, the Iowa, the Wisconsin? They are right now. But doesn't it make your day better? Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, it's, it's, there's not an hour that goes by where I don't think, oh man, we're six and one. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, what am I going to make for the tailgate this weekend? Or go back, watch highlights again. I find myself doing that. I'm watching the final. I was trying on Saturday. I'm sitting, you know, it was a long day and I'm exhausted, but I'm also still, the adrenaline's going. Mm -hmm. And they had, the the final drive was late because that Purdue-Nebraska game seemingly never ended. And I'm like falling asleep on my couch just trying to make it to the Illini highlights. And it's like, that's what I did as a kid, Mm -hmm. where it would be a big Saturday or Sunday game and I'd be staying up for the Channel 3 News to watch the highlights. So, you know, what it is doing is I think you're starting to realize the importance of winning. And I know Jeremy's alluded to this. The front porch of the college, some exceptions, it can be basketball, Duke, Michigan State to an extent, Illinois certainly in 04 and 05, and even recently, but really it does not compare to if you're winning on the football field. It's true. I mean, personally, I'm always going to be more into basketball. I just am. But it, it, nothing, Me too. Com- nothing compares to both financially, <laughs> attendance-wise, all that stuff. I mean, football is just always going to be that thing. And, and again, to have that at a place where I can just relax about it is so mentally uh, relieving. Yeah, like re- relief. To, not, not that I don't want to paint a picture that in 2018 I was up late every night wondering, you know, <laughs> what's Lovey going to do for the next recruiting oh, class or God. something. But instead of shoving that on the back burner, to have that happily be at the front of my mind at any moment of any given day is like just such a strange foreign welcome feeling yeah welcome feeling for sure have you booked your hotel room for indy 
<laughs> I did. I have not. You got a you got a couch if you need it. I, 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 I have not booked it yet, thing. but I will take you up on the couch. Well, I, I'll say this. You know, when talking about the Big Ten West, I, I don't think it's presumptuous anymore because the path is right there. And I, I think, given the last three games, there's no reason to doubt that this team has the ability to take care of business. Yes. And that's for the five next games. We were talking before we came on the air that if you beat Nebraska and Michigan State, which I think you should. Nebraska's Michigan, defense is oh, so bad. poo-poo. Yeah, and, and you know the one thing, they didn't have time of possession. They ran half the plays of Purdue, and yet that was a close game. Yep. I think that speaks more to Purdue's defense than Nebraska's offense. But, you know, listen, I think there will be moments in that game that might get weird. Oh, I have no doubt it'll be a close game for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think Illinois is going to go in there and win 42-3 to or something. But I think Illinois goes in there and wins 31-20. Yeah, I think so. If, if, you, if you even give up 20. See, because that's how I have to keep, I know, you know, I keep I recalibrating know. this defense in my mind where I'm like, yeah, you know, Minnesota. Well, you know, I could see Minnesota hanging 28. And I'm like, actually, no, that'd be four touchdowns of which they've given up zero up until that game. <laughs> you know, I know. And this is what I'm. I'm happy to find out that the team doesn't think the way fans do. Mm-hmm. When we gave up that first touchdown to Minnesota, there was a little bit of a, sure. ooh, oh, yeah, finally. we actually yeah, did it, you yeah. know. Because I had been looking, you know, just looking at the schedule and results, and it's kind of mind-blowing when you just look at the the score. That's it. Six, zero, three. Yes, there was the 23 for Indiana, but just single digits down the board. 10 for Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, so there was something that entered my mind where I thought, oh, wow, is the defense now like, is that invincibility cloak off? Well, no, not really. Because well, even after the touchdown in the second half, it didn't, and that was not on them. And again, aided by a 90 yard kickoff return. And again, I would also say that the context of how they haven't given up the touchdowns matters. Because Wyoming had. Early in that game, I think like two first and goals, mm-hmm. and you just force them to a field goal both times. It's not like this defense was either a opportunistic with a bunch of turnovers. I mean, they've gotten their fair. They've share gotten their turnovers. fair, but yeah, but they don't need it. They but, don't rely on it. You know, they've been put in situations. I want to say half a dozen times where the opponent has first and goal from the nine, and so at again before the Minnesota game at that point to have gone completely over you swept. The six first and goals that were that you were facing in terms of not giving up a touchdown—that's what's crazy too. It's not like you didn't even let them get near, you know, field goal range or touchdown range. But there were several, that Virginia game—you turned it over four times in the first half. Virginia had first and goal twice. Both times you intercepted them. And it's only through domination that you can turn the ball over four times against Virginia, turn the ball over three times against Iowa. Domination in other facets. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I think the consistent factor here is that your line play is tremendous. Yes. I think the uh, the extra factor on defense is your secondary is insanely good. Mm-hmm. But also, they are aided by a defensive line that gets to the quarterback. So those two work in tandem where the linebackers just have to make tackles. They don't right. need to make plays. They just need to make tackles. Yep. And my God, if they start making plays, look out. Because uh, really, what is the biggest play to uh, linebackers made this year. I mean, Tariq I, Barnes I, was timing some good jumps against Iowa, but I can't recall. Who was the one that picked off Mertz early on in the Wisconsin game? Was that a linebacker? Hmm. I don't remember. I don't either. But Which which goes to show you, it's right. really it's really eight guys because what? Well, no, I mean, really nine because often it's a two-linebacker front. Sidney Brown is essentially a linebacker. Sure, sure. But with this upcoming schedule, okay, Nebraska, I would agree. It's not going to be like you run away early, but I think similar to the Wisconsin game, you just sort of impose your will. There's What's no the line reason there? That. Like seven? I would imagine I, the I line know. will be like seven and a half Illinois. Maybe six. Because if I like look that. at what Wisconsin's line was going into Michigan State, and that seemed to be more of an even matchup. Mm-hmm. Now, Nebraska, I kind of wish they had a game this weekend. It, it's very weird to get a double buy yeah. matchup where both teams are coming off their buy. But do you trust Brett Bielmer and Mickey oh, Joseph? It's not even a you question. Know, you know, so that's what I, it, I feel like just off my top of my head, Bielmer was like 12-1 and one in his career off buys. Because you had two last year and it was Minnesota, the Minnesota win on the road and Penn State. That's right. The Penn State one after the whole talk about linemen and how yep. that kind of went viral. And I think since then they are 9-3. and three. Imagine that. <laughs> you know what's funny? I had a parent-teacher conference after that with a former uh, player and coach, and he he said, yeah, yeah I don't know how they're going to respond. But he wasn't also one of those that said, oh, well, that's going to shut the team down. Mm-hmm. He, he was just unsure about it. And then the very next day was the nine-overtime thriller. At, at I just never bought that that was the sort of comment that would completely lose you the locker room. I wouldn't think so. And because if it here's did, the thing. It's true. Now, look, obviously, if he had it, you know, give him truth serum or whatever, he'd probably say, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said it in, like such, that. in such a harsh sounding way. 
It's true, though. There was no one on Lovey's Too Deep. I took it as a shot at Lovey more so than a shot at anyone who was on the roster. Me too. He was basically you know, trying to say, I'm trying to get the most out of these guys that I didn't pick, which is the truth. I understand why if you're one of those guys, it doesn't feel great to hear, but I, that just never pissed me off to the level that some people seem to, to think it would. Yeah. Uh, so Nebraska, I think we feel good about that. Michigan State, I think we feel good about I mean, that. You should feel good about uh, that. Well, the commonality between those two is they're both a mess. You yes. know there's talent on both. But at the end of the day, I'm starting to buy into the fact that there's some high-end talent on Illinois, too. I mean, it's right in front of us. So I, I don't really think there's a talent discrepancy against any opponent not named Michigan going forward. And even then, I start to question, well, really, how wide of the gap is there when your starters, when they're healthy, yeah. are knocking the crap out of everybody, yeah. especially defensively. But okay, let's say, hypothetically, they take care of business the next two games against teams whose head coaches I have major questions about. You probably win seven out of ten games against both those teams. I would think. Maybe eight against Michigan State. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and honestly, the the road game against Nebraska, because you've only played on the road against Indiana and Wisconsin, right? That's true. First one didn't go so well. The second one went beautifully. So you didn't see any drop-off on the Wisconsin road win compared to some of your home wins. I think this team's just really good at home, though. And they probably should win out at home. I had that same thought after the Virginia game where I thought, well, you know, Iowa, Minnesota, that's tough, but or the Chattanooga game thinking they just seem very comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go to that Purdue game and just hypothetically, we can do this. The team's not, but we can. If Purdue were to lose one of the next two games, that gets them to two losses. Then everybody underneath you in the Big Ten West has at least two losses. You beat Nebraska, they now have three. They're out of it, right? Yep. And and they have some other tough games coming up, I believe. And they're Nebraska. so let's play, just... They play at Michigan, I believe, yeah. or they host Michigan. I think, yes, the week before we play Michigan, okay. I believe. Yeah, that's when we play Michigan State. So then you have the tiebreaker on everybody. And if you beat Purdue... Then you lock in. I mean, it's over. If you a guess. share of the Big Ten West, and you lock in a trip to Indy. Yeah. Do <laughs> which crazy? Again. Do you celebrate that at home? We we I mentioned this off the air, and I know. Listen, we're looking ahead, but we all are kind of circling that date with pencil, saying that could be the moment. I think you celebrate it. I don't think you go too hard into celebrating it. I, I mean, I think you celebrate it, but. We all just made fun of Wisconsin for celebrating a Big Ten title last year against Purdue. Then they go out and lose to Nebraska at home. Sure. We win. Suddenly the share feels very slanted towards Illinois and not 50-50 based on the feelings of that final day. So I wouldn't you know, go over the top with it or anything. But yeah, I mean, you're going to be celebrating at that point because, I mean, this is crazy. And if, and if you do that, then I don't think any edge comes off in terms of, you know, mental edge going into Michigan. I think if anything, you go and playing as loose as ever. Again, after this past week, I've just lost that feeling of, of concern. Yeah, the in, concern in that they lay an egg. be ready yeah. or they're going to completely lay an egg in this game or, or Brett won't have them mentally prepared. Like, I just, I don't have that concern. And it's amazing. How, yeah, it's amazing, too, how over the last three weeks, before the Wisconsin game, when they were 3-1 and one after the Chattanooga game, I still felt optimistic and I moved. I, I was at 7-5. and five. After the Indiana game, I remember thinking, oh, God, don't do the 5-7 and seven crap again. Yeah. And then after the Wisconsin game, I'm thinking, well, 8-4 and four might be in the conversation. We're sitting here... And nine and three would actually mean you lose a game you probably shouldn't. It's the most likely statistical outcome at this point, right? According to the predictors of of team records, and that also assumes a loss to Michigan. Which, while well, as this team is playing good, this does feel like the classic Michigan team that's just a little better than even the best teams surrounding them. A team that could actually, I think, hang with Ohio State yet again. Yeah, I think they're a better version of you. Yeah, slightly. Right, Blake Corum is second in rushing in every single category to Chase. Now, I, I just said to reverse that because I said they're slightly better than you, and he's second. But their offensive line is a bunch of maulers. they got a lot of good defenders. I think McCarthy can be better than DeVito in terms of a higher ceiling Yeah, because that kid was a blue-chip five-star. Mm-hmm. You know, He runs all over the place. I mean, the guy's ridiculous in terms of what he can do. He's also mistake-prone, though. I know there's been several, not not in that Penn State game, but I mean they 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 squeak out a win at Indiana, and McCarthy threw two interceptions in that game. Didn't look great. Uh, they squeaked out a win against Maryland at home. He threw a couple of interceptions in that game. Didn't look great. So I do think there's a chance if your defense is still that, and I don't know why they wouldn't be the yeah. the ball hawking motivated defense that wants to kill somebody. Like I I could see them affecting McCarthy in that game. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. I, um, I agree. I think no matter what, you're looking at like a 23 to 20 game yeah. where it's just two awesome defenses, but you still got playmakers that will find their way in the end zone. And I do think there is something to be said for the fact that Michigan 
you know, I, I hate to get too cheesy with it always, but they, they their season is Ohio State, and their chance to go to the college football playoff is Ohio State. Yep. Your chance, I know it sounds crazy even say it, your chance to go to the college <laughs> football playoff is that Michigan game. Yeah, that's right. Because if for some reason you were 11-1 and one in Indy against Ohio State, and you if win, you you're win in. that game, you're in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Think about what I just said. Yeah. And that's not... It's probably not going to happen, but it's but you not, have you have a greater than zero chance yes, at it, and you control your own chance at doing it, and that is just patently absurd that we're talking about that seven games into the season in year two. So I think it's fair to say you can count on one more loss, maybe if something weird happens, two more. But again, that leaves you with nine and three as I the know, disappointing finish, and you're still playing in Ford on January second. Crazy, yeah. And, and to me, nine and three. I mean, God, going into this year, I said eight and four is a miracle dream season. And I, I would. It's amazing how expectations kind of change. They evolve as they should, based on your opponents. But more with this Illinois team, you know, the schedule might have gotten weaker, but they've gotten so much stronger than we yeah. could have imagined. That that's really the biggest impact on our expectations for them. Where. Nine and three, I'm not disappointed, right? That does mean Michigan and one other, but that's still good enough to get you to Indy. And then you finish, in all likelihood, nine and four. Though, I'm not going to go into a possible matchup against Ohio State and say you have a 0% chance of winning. I'm not going to do that. I mean, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Why the hell not? And (laughs) more to the point, I don't think that this is just some automatic Ohio State boat boat races you for 49 points. I know what they got. I mean, their offense is really their really, offense is video game really good. good. It's it's scary good. That's Ryan Walters. I'm I'm a head coach sure. kind of game. That's yep. that's I hold Ohio State to 24 points. Which, if you look back, I think Northwestern was able to corral them a little bit in the. That was a close game in the third quarter. It was, and and they just didn't have any firepower on offense. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason for me to think that you aren't going to at least make it interesting. And yes, I've seen that before where you feel like you got a pretty good team, but then you go up against the big boys. I, I just think that all the stats are showing you right now that this team is beyond good. They're really good. And I when do we start feeling comfortable using the word great? I mean, would that require winning the next three and looking really good at Michigan? Win or loss? Yes. Now, to that point, at what point do you feel like they're so great that I don't want to say nine and three is a disappointment, but like we're here, we're doing it. We're in every top four statistical category. You look at one of those like XY, you know, axis graphs on Twitter, and the logos in the top right are Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Illinois. Yeah. In almost literally of every single one defensively, of them. Yeah. So again, this isn't something where you feel like you're riding on the coattails of interceptions or pick sixes or whatever. At what point do you feel like this is so good that I can't ever, you know, bank on the fact that this is going to be happening again? And I guess I'm just I've thought about that. I'm wondering if we get good enough to the point where you you need to go for broke at eleven and one, and it would almost feel like ten and two is like, damn, we I get almost it. got it. I, I get that. Where you don't want to, squ- <laughs> you're saying don't squander this. Sure, sure. Yeah, don't squander this once in a lifetime defense because right now it is. Because even if you love and trust in Brett going forward, how often are you truly going to get a team that is clicking on all cylinders no like this team is right now? I used the word serendipity earlier, and that is kind of applicable to this team. There is a serendipitous thing going on. Everything's rolling. There's yep. a great vibe. The chemistry's there. They're staying healthy. There's a meme that's like, no time to talk. Get on the horse or something like that's how it, you know what I mean. Like yeah, no, no time to explain. Get strike a- while the iron is hot. Sure, and, yeah. and that's what yeah. is going on with this team. I would agree that you get right now. If you were to tell me nine and three, that means you lost a game you shouldn't. And I would be mildly disappointed based on the quality of play the last three games. Mm-hmm. Now Iowa, you know, it took every bit to beat Iowa, and it took a really awful Iowa offense. You won't play an offense that bad again. But what gives me hope, actually, and why I was optimistic going into the Minnesota game. Michigan's different here. They're a whole different beast because they're so balanced. But every other team on the schedule basically has a crappy defense. Or one side that's good and one side One side, side that's bad. good, one yeah. side that's bad. I yeah. mean, Northwestern's not good at anything. Or a coach that you have no confidence in. Yeah, exactly. So this is where it's like, well, wait a second. Let's keep it simple. What does Illinois do well? Well, they run the ball consistently and they play defense. To me, if we use a, a buzzword like X-factor, it's the fact that Tommy DeVito is probably the best quarterback in the West. Aiden O'Connell and Tommy DeVito, right? I mean, rank Big Ten quarterbacks. Stroud he's top is one. five. McCarthy's two. Yeah, probably uh, by default. DeVito? Like, <laughs> I, he's better than Sean Clifford. He had a better game than any quarterback in the Big Ten on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Efficiency, all of that, and all the PFF metrics. and But the stats show it as well. He threw 78% completion rate on Saturday yeah. against a defense that was kicking butt. And he looked fine. 
He looked fine. It, it wasn't like, oh, you know, lame duck back there. He can't run or something. He yeah. ran in a touchdown. <laughs> and, and and I know the receivers are better, but this is not an all-world receiving core. No. So what he's doing is he's delivering this this very very accurately to guys that are better than I thought, but still by no means Brandon Lloyd, Walter Young from 2001. Right? He's or gone really above and been. beyond the serviceable game manager that you would hope. Yeah, which leads me to this point that I don't think we've peaked. Defensively, I think there is a continuity to what they do that they can continue. I think the bye week is great for the defense. The defensive line, you're starting to see guys like Akis emerge. Tara Edwards is making yep. some plays on top of Newton and Randolph. Kendall and Smith leads the Big Ten in interceptions. Just like Herbie Joseph. I'll be I don't know if he let you. It, I don't but, even remember Kendall Smith was six months ago. <laughs> that's a system thing right there where the, you should never have a problem getting a free safety ever. Because even if Ryan Walters leaves, Kevin Kane's going to run the same offense. He defense. was the defensive coordinator at SMU. Yeah. I guarantee you, Bielema is a extremely meticulous guy. There's no way Walter suddenly takes the Colorado job or something, and Bielema goes, "Oh well, what do I do? Huh? I, I wasn't prepared for this at all." <laughs> I guarantee you, he's got Kevin Kane sticking to Walter's shoe like a piece of gum. Right? You, you mean that there's no Ron Zook? Oh God, Mike Loxley left. Uh, Mike Schultz, TCU. Correct. Yeah, there's not going to be that. There's not going to be three offensive coordinators next year. Yes, there's one calling third and one calling fourth. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, we are not going to run into that for sure. So that that just leads me to this thought that you know we haven't peaked yet on That's offense. Interesting. And. and I thought the Minnesota game was the best game they played all year. I mean, statistically, I other than the scoreboard. No, I agree. And, and the scoreboard's the most important part. I'm saying there's style points to be had on offense. There are style points that are just right there for them because the efficiency's there, the yards are there, the third down and fourth down conversions are there, the quarterback and the running back are there, the wide receivers appear to be there. That there will be some sort of moment where they coalesce and all of a sudden you're like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did we start a drive and you thought that it would result in a punt? Every drive that started on Saturday, and this has really been emerging since, I'd say, the Wisconsin second and third quarter, when DeVito was out there, Mm -hmm. I think, we aren't going to punt. I just expect first down after first down. Occasionally, we see some explosive plays, maybe not enough. I, I, I would admit that. Isaiah Williams hasn't been amazing. No, he, though he had, a, he had a really rock-solid game Saturday. He did, but, but uh, he hasn't been the all-Big Ten, first-team, you know, no-doubt, pencil-man type receiver that you even thought he'd be. And to your point again, the red zone efficiency has not been great. No. Now you're scoring field goals, so it's not like you're going over, but you probably have left, I don't know, again, half a dozen touchdowns off the table. You're scoring less touchdowns per trip than you were last year. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. However, I do think it's fixable. And you're six and one, even with that, which right, tells you right. everything else is clicking. And it's so, not a fluke. Yeah. So <laughs> if you were to correct two things, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow kick the ball out of the end zone is one because yeah, yeah. you take away the possibility of a big play when you do that. And then the second thing would be just convert a few more of those touchdowns because the first downs are like double from last yes. year. Yardage gained, double. Passing, double. Time of possession. Time of possession, your top five. Minnesota was the number one, I think, time of possession. Had the ball for 19 freaking minutes. Correct. And that is, I think, while P.J. Fleck is not an all-world coach, I think he's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. This all to say, and I'm trying to not get too high in this because disappointment, it's college football. Weirdness happens. Right. This is not, you know, Clemson 2017 we're talking about with Illinois. However, everything they do, they, they do so well, and there's still room for growth. Yep. And, and why should I think that we can't go into Nebraska and then the mess that they are, you just can't take control mid-second quarter and just kind of do what you do. Same with Michigan State. Same with Purdue. Can't stop anybody. That's right. Nebraska had Nebraska had 52 plays and they scored 38 points. Yep. That's a problem. Yep. Uh, and then Northwestern's just... I mean, whatever JV at, at that this point. point. I mean, I, I don't even know what to expect, what to think of that. At that point, I would assume you either have the West locked up, so I don't really know what you're even doing about that game, or you are then playing, if something goes crazy, you're playing that game to lock up the West, and I would put the percentage at about 99.5% that you're going to win that game if the Big Ten West is on the line for some reason yeah, in, in that were. matchup. Yes, so the likelihood, I think, of playing in the Big Ten West Championship, I'm putting it, I, I agree with Jeremy, he said 67%. Okay. I would agree with that. Okay. I mean, it Saturday's comes down to big, Illinois-Purdue. Yeah, it does. And Saturday's big. I think as long as you can get Purdue one more loss before that game against Iowa or Wisconsin, you got a little breathing room. They're not favored this weekend at Wisconsin. Interesting. What's, oh, two and a half. Uh, two and a half, yeah. Yeah, and I, honestly, I, I think Purdue wins. I, I, think, I think Wisconsin, when they scored like they did against Northwestern, I thought, oh, but then you're reminded Northwestern just sucks. And then you lost to Michigan State. Braylon Allen is fumbling in overtime. That was bad. 
That was bad. And, and they gave up like 400 yards to Michigan State. And they've lost twice at home. Badly. Washington yeah. State got them. Illinois got them. So this isn't something where, well, even at home, you can count on them to take care of business at Camp Randall. No, they've lost twice already there. Yeah, so it's just hard for me to see what's going on. Yeah, it's you and Purdue. And If Purdue is thought. a true Big Ten West uh, you know, eye-to-eye threat They'll to win you, the next two. they will win these next two games. I think Iowa's tougher for them. Uh, you know, Iowa makes you work for everything. Their defense is so freaking relentless. Yep. And it, it just seems like I, I've seen it at Kinnick. I, I saw it back in the Rose Bowl year. And this is, if you're a Purdue fan and you beat Wisconsin, you're, you know, looking at another nine-win season like they had last year. If I recall, didn't Purdue beat Iowa last year? Or was it two years ago they went to Kinnick and won? Kind of unexpectedly. No, it was last year. Iowa was number two or three in the country. Oh, so this game might actually be uh, at Purdue. Or was it two years ago? Oh, I forget. But regardless, yeah, no, Iowa was way up there. Mm -hmm. And I think it was at Connect, and I think it was last year. I I think you're right. Yikes. And Purdue just came out of nowhere to beat them. Yeah, so I I don't know. It just seems like that could be their last gasp if you're Iowa. in a desperate Iowa team, which I thought they would have been against us, and they damn near got the win. I I don't – Iowa's – I was terrible. I mean, they're pretty bad. <laughs> the, def- the defense is great, and I don't want to take away from that. But the offense is just well. And then they get their butts kicked this weekend against Ohio oh, State. Yeah. I think the line's like thirty. I mean, let's think about this. The Rutgers line was forty, so they're basically telling you that Iowa is not much better than Rutgers, which is accurate because even though they won, I think by seventeen at Rutgers, it was I think three defensive or yep. three scores. Two, that two were... defensive touchdowns. Yeah, and yeah. One one normal touchdown. So just, oh, God, I think I should probably root for Wisconsin then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, out of those two, maybe Wisconsin is the more likely. And then if, yeah, you're right. To me, if Purdue wins the next two, all credit to them. And if you win this weekend, in well, next weekend, yeah. but in general, the Purdue at Wisconsin game and then your game at Nebraska feel like two large games in terms of the meaning of that Purdue at Illinois game. Agreed. Yeah, I, hey, you got the two thirty slot on ABC or ESPN. I think people recognize that's a meaningful game. Yes, I, I think Vegas will probably go seven and a half. And if, if it really came down to it, and I could bet on Illinois football, which I wish I could. Yeah, I mean, all week long when that spread was going up for Minnesota, it never should have been Minnesota minus seven and a half. Art Sitkowski or no? No, you're right. I didn't believe it. I think a ranked our, team at home on homecoming that yeah. has given up zero touchdowns is being given seven and the hook. That doesn't make a ton Pick of sense. Pick him if you didn't know DeVito was playing, and then maybe Minnesota minus two and a half or three Sure, if Sitkowski. But then again, it's easy to say that in hindsight when you just dismantled them. And it's just now you're starting to see between the Wisconsin game, I think we know DeVito is a big factor here in terms of ease of victory. Yep. And when he's out there, all of a sudden you feel like I did on Saturday that you can kind of cruise and i think hot starts important again too Mm -hmm. just in terms of look nebraska's gonna have a good environment i mean they've been the worst team in the big 10 arguably the last five years and they sell it every game so you're not going to walk in there and have it be dead like a penn state basketball game or something but you can Um, make it dead fairly quick you you can make it dead fairly quickly and i don't think they're going to be letting off many balloons try and stop them from letting off those stupid balloons for like at least a quarter and a half is that their thing well when they score their first touchdown they let go of balloons what about all the wildlife that choke on balloons it's 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 very cruel i'm surprised it hasn't been canceled yet frankly any final thoughts trevor my final thought, again, is just that I can't believe how non-fluky this is. And I know I'm just repeating myself at this point. Well, it's just this is basically like, just a lack of a better term here, a circle jerk for Illinois football. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I am now working for a national company, right? When we cover football, never in my uh, – the other producers and people who work on this show are an Oklahoma fan and a Notre Dame fan. And they're looking at you like, wow, never you guys are Never in my one. life mm-hmm. did I think at this point in the season I'd be logging on basically saying, boys, Illinois football – much better than Notre Dame and a hell of a lot better than Oklahoma. It's just crazy. And you can say that earnestly with, right, with right. no, no hint of sarcasm or irony. Nothing like that. No, when's November? When's basketball? Who do we even start with in basketball? Eastern's, uh, or is that an exhibition? I think that's an exhibition. Eastern's October. the first game? I don't know. I, I, don't, I stopped looking at the schedule. <laughs> I don't care. We're, we're gonna be. This is what's going to be so weird is I'm going to kind of be half-heartedly into the first second half basketball podcast because oh god we're playing purdue on i mean think about that that's true the michigan game on november 19th if you win the next three and if you're big 10 you know you play ucla i think on a friday night before the michigan game out in vegas so that would be what nine and or yeah nine and one Illinois. nine and one if you went out yeah at nine and oh michigan and i would be <laughs> watching that game without a care in the world yeah. just daydreaming or night you know almost on the verge of sleep because we'll be up in uh, michigan for this of the next day 
And that if Illinois beat UCLA, beat a cherry on top. Sure, why and that's not? it. But this is this is pretty crazy. I do remember in 01 when the Sugar Bowl run, and then it mixed with Frank Williams and all those guys coming back. You beat Gonzaga in the season opener at home. The very next day, you wanted Ohio State to get one step closer to winning the Big Ten in football, and that was one where it was still pretty much on equal footing because Bill Self and all that. It was it was sure, hot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is different, and I think it's the rarity factor, but also like you said, um, just. I think every day that I wake up, I'm more and more confident that this team's just that good. Yep. And even in 2011, and maybe it's just in hindsight, I mean, you had that Northwestern comeback, right? Where you came back down a touchdown twice in the last two minutes. To secure a Big Ten title. Like, it was scary. Ooh, that was, you know, it was I mean, scary. I mean, it just, to me, and again, I'm younger, so I haven't really felt some of these, but to me, this is the most confident I have ever felt about Illinois football during a season in my life. Yeah. Kirk Kittner was very good. He was more of a winner than some amazing quarterback he kind of had a Brett Favre gunslinger thing he would make mistakes but he won games and that's why his legacy is secure here Tommy DeVito plays with an efficiency and he's a winner and he's got he's got the intangibles and the tangibles yep and and that's why I think that they have not peaked on offense by any stretch and now you get a healthy Chase Brown and a healthy Josh McCray and then McCray's, McCray's big thing big. red zone yeah no absolutely I think that's a huge addition to have him back because and it's no offense but I would say again one of the minor nitpicks might be Reggie Love. Why is yeah. Reggie Love running halfback stretches sideways on these <laughs> third and threes constantly? Yeah, unfortunately, you can count on one hand the good Chase Hayden or Reggie Love yeah. runs this yeah. year. And then Chase Brown, you just lose track because he's special. All right, well, uh, Trevor, it was fun. Hey, uh, I love it. I mean, we, we can find another time later in this football season. you know. And like I said, the couch is there in Indy. You're welcome. If Jeff Goodman will give you the day off for that. <laughs> Maybe I'll go cover the game, but then crash on the couch. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, Quote somehow. Unquote, air quotes cover. You know. Right. Yes. Well, listen, journalism has a long history of guys drinking on the job. So go. if that's what happens, Jeff doesn't strike me as someone that's a prude. Uh, uh, I won't give anything away, but I would say you're not, you're not far off on it. But yeah, that would be a pretty special moment to load up the car and that's Saturday, December 3rd. That's, that's the goal now. You made the bowl game and it was an afterthought. Everyone's looking at December 3rd and it's right there in front of us. And that's I, pretty cool. I can't think of something where you'd have less uh, pressure or burden. And that's what's yeah. cool about it, right? You're right. You would go I there, mean, of course, wanting to win, but not needing it. Right. Knowing that, oh, worst case, I guess I'm booking my ticket to Orlando for the Citrus Bowl. If Ohio State goes oh, up 21 nothing, 10 minutes in, I'm going to say, well, and go buy another drink. Yeah, I, does, it's it all matter. good. It's all good. It doesn't now, matter. Now, do I want to lose 63 to nothing? No, I don't no, think it happened, though. I don't think it would. I think there'd be enough moments where you say, hey, you know what? We showed up, and we showed out. And uh, I think going forward, this five-game stretch, everything that Bielema and the team have said, it seems like they have their minds right. And, and now they get a whole week to set their minds as to this is the march for a Big Ten title. Do you think they utter those words in the, or do you think he's much more of a just what's in front of you guy? I don't. I don't think he utters those words, but I don't know that he has to in the sense that I think. Yeah. I, th I think he's got them prepared as well as he can without having to spell it out. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because maybe you mention it when Purdue comes to town if you do what sure. you do the next two sure. weeks. Sure, and I, and again, I have enough confidence in him and this team that I don't think him saying that would then be some sort of. Why'd you have to go and say it type of thing? Yeah, I would agree. Trevor, that was fun, man. I got to think before we get out of here, DPDO online at dpdo.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdo.com. Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior projects. rectorconstruction.com. Also got to thank Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Schedule your furnace check today at 841-4728. That's 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. And State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at Brian is my guy. Com. There he goes. That's Trevor's favorite <laughs> domain for good reason. Hey, YouTube fan, uh, fans, that sounds so pretentious. I mean, YouTube viewers. We'll take it. If, it, I, if I have yeah. a fan, I'm, I'm happy. Oh, you do. I think people were happy to have you back. And I'm sorry that we didn't interact more with the chat thread. The I'm having some latency issues at the internet down here. I'll try to sort that out. We disconnected once and I just went with the feed. So thank you guys for tuning in and chatting, I'm sure, behind the scenes. I don't know when I'll be back, but I'm sure I'll get the itch to just come down here and talk more Illini football. But we'll get plenty of content out in the next couple of weeks. Trevor, take care. Uh, new new gig is going well. It's going really well. I'm enjoying it. It's very chaotic, but it's a lot of fun. So. Plug it. Field of 68, Field of 12. We go on every night for Field of 12 right now, and then starting in two weeks, we're going on every night for basketball as well. Sick. Okay. So 7 p.m. for basketball, 9 p.m. Central Time for football. Do you guys have you have this new big kind of prospectus for basketball, right? The Almanac, yes. Do you have a copy of it? I do have a copy of it. Is it as impressive as Jeff made it sound on Jeremy's podcast? I would say yes. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to be biased, I promise you, but I think that's the best publication in terms of it will genuinely tell you things. Okay. Like I was flipping through it 
the Boston College basketball section says basically in so many words, Boston College is going to suck. <laughs> and I appreciate that because yeah. some of those magazines, look, you love going to Barnes Noble or whatever and getting the, the Lindy's preview magazine or whatever. If the sixth man from last year can average 20 points, right. Boston College may have a shot of the postseason. It's a, no, lot, of, it's a lot of fluff. Yeah, okay. And I think this is as minimal fluff as you're going to get in a preview. And you can get that at Fiola68.com? Correct. All right, cool. Well, then I, I think I'm going to check that out because apart from Ken Palm, I need to dig my claws in a little deeper to basketball, which eventually I'll get around to. But at this eh. point, no, I love you, Brad Underwood. Football is more important. Yeah, sorry. And I got to think Brad Underwood's just thinking, where, where's all the love? <laughs> Though if you go in the tailgate lots, that guy walks around and he's he's the star of the show, yeah, man, as yeah. that basketball team. But we got another star in town, Illinois football. This is fun, everybody. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you soon. It is the 200 level. 